Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Amen. We love you. All right, come with me in your Bibles, John 17. John 17, the, the, the theme that I want to speak to you this morning is not of this world. Not of this world. I think that uh, as, as I, I kind of reflect on things and even while I was in uh, Hawaii last week, it just really became apparent that there's this, this a constant confusion or conflict that happens where I think maybe discernment is lost, lines are blurred between kingdom and the world. So let's have a look what Jesus says in John 17. And I think we're reading from verse 13. It says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Now Jesus is praying to the Father, and we're just getting the, the, the download, the recording of his prayer. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Now, if only, obviously, if only we had some of our, you know, super famous preachers, they could have gone back to Jesus and said, here's your conflict. The reason the world hates you is because you gave them your word. If you kind of dilute the word, like that's what wokeness is, then the world will love you. And then, well, Lord, just get on. <laughs> Isn't he awesome? Like, just coming. And so that's not going to work. So I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one who is operating in the world, who is the God of this world, the prince of this world. They are not of this world, repeat, just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. So the title of the message today is, is not of this world. We are not of this world. I need you to understand that there is a spirit of this world that we are not of. We are in the world. That's where it can get confusing. We're in the world and there's a level of, of mixture because you'll go, to, you'll go to college and you'll be educated by... Uh... <laughs> but it's amazing because Harvard, Yale... Oxford, Cambridge began as seminaries. They, they began as, as Christian education. We had to move our daughter from, from a particular school to another school. Even though both have the, the name Christian in their title, one of them decided that, yeah, we're Christian in name only, but we're going to embrace, we're going to embrace the values of the world. As soon as the church echoes, as soon as your life echoes the value system of the world, what makes us different is the fact that we carry heaven. We're meant to carry heaven with us. If we become just, a, just a, another reflection of the world, that's why for years we would struggle with... Um, you know, people diluting this and we no longer speak about that. and We don't really touch this and we don't go into that. And, you know, we're just trying to preach the gospel. I'm like, well, what gospel have you got left? Yeah. 
You know, we're just all about preaching the gospel, and we don't touch anything that's controversial. If you ain't touching anything that's controversial, then I don't know what the hell you're preaching because you're not preaching the Bible because the Bible is controversial. Listen, Jesus said, I've given them your word, therefore the world hates you. The world hates the word. It hates the word so much it crucified the word. And even Pilate, after examining the word, says, but why? This word has done nothing deserving of death. This word, everywhere it went, healed, delivered, transformed, brought hope, restored hope, healed broken hearts. Everywhere this, this word has crucified. What do you mean crucified? What, what about I'll just scourge it? I'll just mock it, insult it, and then let it go. No, no, no. It's not enough to insult. It's not enough to disparage the word. It's not enough. We have to crucify. We have to kill the word. Why? Because the word convicts. When we look, release to us instead Barabbas, because I don't feel any conviction because he's a convicted criminal and a thug. But, 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 but you know, get crucify, crucify the word because it convicts. And so... Uh, the Bible teaches us that, that, that everything that was created was created by the Word. You know, in Genesis, God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. The, the rabbis now in Israel, all, all the, the rabbis now have come to the conclusion that God created the, the uh, Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph Bet, and then everything was created by by. The words in, in Hebrew, uh, the, the word is what it is. I was talking with Dr. Gold yesterday, who's Jewish, and she, she, we were just kind of reflecting on that. And she says, yeah, like, for example, in Hebrew, dog, the word for dog literally means heart. And she says, you know, it's because that's what it is. It's like there's something about uh, the dog is heart. Like in the, the, the Hebrew language, there's... The Hebrews believe that if the word doesn't exist in their vocabulary, then it doesn't exist. So there's no word in Hebrew for retirement. For retirement. There's no no word for retirement. So retirement was a concept, believe it or not, that was brought in by the Nazis. You may not know that. Um, Adolf Hitler was looking. The first thing they were doing, they were killing off what they called the useless eaters they were killing off the handicapped and the mentally disabled who were feeding who required time attention medical care food and sustenance but but couldn't be put into a factory to work or couldn't produce anything so Hitler says why are we keeping them around they're useless eaters and they, they, they did a whole propaganda thing that you know look at these people you know and they would show some of the most severely handicapped people what kind of a life do they have? This was so impacting. My mother was born in 1948. She was born three years after uh, Hitler sh- shot himself in the head in a bunker. This is three years after the liberation. But I remember as a little kid, we would be in the mall and we would see a severely handicapped kid. And my mother would say, oh, gee, oh, gee, look, look. Wouldn't it have been better if they would have just given them a needle and say, look at oh, what kind of a life is. And so she... The propaganda was so profound that somebody born after that was still very much converted by that, that line of thinking. And so after getting rid of the, the useless eaters, 
they then noticed that once a man started to hit into his 60s, into his 70s, obviously they didn't know Robert Capaldi, but if, you know, he's the, exe the exception to the rule. But the other people, production, their, their productivity began to drop. And so one of Hitler's psychologists said, listen, here's the thing. If you take away a man's meaning, if you take away a man's purpose, it is such a devastating blow to his ego, his identity, that within a decade he will die. So they, they brought in, they made it look like, oh, at 65 you should retire. This, you'll never see it in the Bible. So it's interesting that the average age for a man is 74 when we retire them at 65. And true, true to the fact, within a decade they die when you take away. That's why you're not meant to retire, you're just meant to refire. Meant to refire. And there's no retirement in the kingdom. So, so, so God creates the heavens and the earth. God created man. Did you know that you... Uh, uh, the result of, of letters. DNA, deoxyribose nucleic acid, is sequential code information letters. So everything has DNA. The DNA of an orange seed will produce oranges. It won't produce lemons. It won't pr produce pomegranates. It won't produce apples. It'll produce oranges in that tiny little seed. Why? They, they can almost look similar. The seeds can look similar, but they won't because the, the DNA, the, the written code, the words of that seed says orange. It, it says, it talks about the skin color, the texture, the taste, the flavor, the fruit. Everything is written in the letters. Everything is written by the word. You, your DNA, from, from when you were born, your height, your eye color, your hair color, everything is there written in code in your DNA. The Bible says that God blessed man and said to man, be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, exercise dominion. When Adam and Eve sinned, God did not curse man. He said, cursed be the ground for your sake. Cursed be the ground for your sake because you sinned. Out of it you came, to it you shall return. But the ground will now produce thorns, thistles, briars, out of the sweat, out of toil, the earth will yield to you its increase. So I say all of that to say this. These are just some reflections I had while I was, while I was away last week. Is that, that you and I are to carry the blessing of heaven. God blessed Adam, but he cursed the earth. If God blessed Jürgen, but the earth carries a curse... Then if I enter a place, if I enter a place, you, you should be able to see which one is more dominant, which one is more predominant. Is the curse on that region greater than the blessing that I carry? And I, know I would say to you that, that the, the level of blessing that I carry comes into my alignment with heaven. My, my unwavering devotion to delivering the word of God or do I dilute the word of God? Because for me to overcome the curse, the blessing is greater than the curse. God's, Jesus became a curse to redeem us from that the blessing of Abraham may come. Therefore, therefore, the, 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 uh, the state of a kingdom tells you everything about the king. If you want to know whether this is a, a great king, or a terrible king, it's very simple. 
Jesus says, don't listen to their oration. Don't, don't listen to the headlines at the media because we know the media lies. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to lie right now. Like, oh, what is a recession? What we're experiencing, you morons. But gas prices, 17 months in a row of dropping wages, interest rates going up, empty shelves, you know, everything jacked up and backed up, stacked up. But, but they, they won't say it because they're trying to protect their king. But you can, tell, you can tell the quality of the king by the condition of the kingdom. What one, of our, one of our business people bought Belmont Park. I remember Belmont Park a few years ago. It was full of drug addicts, vagabonds, homeless people, drug deals. It was unsafe. When this gentleman pulled up to, to, to negotiate, his, his spouse didn't want to get out of the car because she didn't feel safe in that environment. And I remember him smiling, saying, that's the response I wanted. Perfect. Now I'm going to get it for a bargain. If she won't get out, that tells me that I can get it for a bottom. But you go there today, the first thing he did was he hired security. Now the city, the stupid city, fought him saying that, oh, you know, you're, you're a bigot wanting to get rid of, you know, drug addicts. And how can, you know... You ought to let them just be vagrants and not pay rent and live here and shoot up and overdose and, and do drug deals and, and have gangs. And no, no, the first thing this person did was put security. The second thing they did was cleaned everything up, cleaned everything up, put restaurants where there was just broken windows and everything. So the finest restaurants, beautiful rides, everything cleaned up, everything upgraded. I walk around Belmont Park and I'm like, my God, I can tell you everything you need to know about the king by the surveying the condition of the kingdom. So I'm in Hawaii and it didn't take me long, Pastor Melissa, to, to tell you what kind of, I didn't need to meet the governor. I didn't need to meet the mayor. I can tell you what kind of a jet they are by, by how much homelessness and how much brokenness and how much devastation. Don't listen to freaking Mussolini, who they're going to try to groom. They're going to try to market to sell America. Oh, this is the guy who, who is our future president. Everywhere he has gone, the fruit of his life is devastation, destruction. While he is eating in French laundry, ordering $2,000 bottles of wine inside no masks no social distancing you couldn't have more than five people at thanksgiving you weren't allowed to sing in church the churches were open but they weren't allowed to sing they could gather in only small groups all the dining was closed down except for his restaurants that he owns all all, all relationship and commerce was shut down kids were forced to wear masks his kids were never forced to wear masks. His kids were never forced to get vaccinated, and and he never wore wore a mask. But it was for, but everywhere he goes is destruction. You can tell a lot about a king, not by listening to their oration, but by looking at the state of the kingdom. <clears throat> if you've ever had the privilege of being in Colin and Melissa Higginbottom's home, if I was honest with you, if I was honest with you. The older I get, 55, the less impressed I get with preaching because you, you can be anointed to preach and you can very easily, you can very easily put three, three great points together just from listening to other preachers or Google or researching and bring, bring three points. 
when, when you go into somebody's home and you see the excellence of the home, you actually see the value that they carry. You see who they really are. And um, so Colin, Melissa, everywhere they go, there's an excellence around about them. There's an excellence in their presentation. That's why to me, they are the Pathfinder leaders because of that. You look at a, a Pastor John and a Pastor Becky Lynn Heinrichs who, who you know, went, went through a, a recession of their own in, in a boom, had overcapitalized, and then when the, the, the bust hit, lost a number of properties and had to start from the, the bottom up. But God does a miracle where we were able to curse a, another offer and uh, they get the property and that, that it was a nice property. But within six months, what, what, what they had done to it, it was stunning. And then they sold it for almost double what they, they paid for it because that's who they are. You can tell the quality of a king by the kingdom that they rule over. It began to really impact me because I began to think, is that the case when people come into Awaken? Can you tell a lot about who is king over Awaken? And it's not Jürgen and Leanne, it's, it's Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's our God. But can, can you tell, like, does the fruit of the people, does the fruit of their lives? That's why when I was in Hawaii last week, I'm just having all these reflections, is... I, I, I felt like I'm so glad that we actually rage against the spirit of the world, that, that, that Leanne and I have this, and, and sometimes, some days it's, it's unspoken, and some days it's not even clear, defined why or what exactly it is. that We, we just know that there's a spirit of this world. We just know that we are not of this world. We just know that the, 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 the culture of this world is dictated by the evil one. So we're very, very careful. We, we don't wear glasses that we don't need because it's a presentation or spend all our time at the gym and the salon getting fake tans. And, you know, like it's, 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 we're not trying to fit in with the world. We're trying to lead a broken world. Can somebody say amen? So that kind of reminds me of, of, of a second thought there. If the, if the first thought that I had was the state of the kingdom reflects the king. The, the second one is a leader. We can't be, ever become like our city, like our culture, like our environment. You know, they said of Jesus in John 1.46, I think it is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like when they said, we found the Messiah. You, fa you found him? We found him. Oh my gosh, crazy. He was here the whole time. He was in Nazareth. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You're kidding, right? No, no, he was in Nazareth. They're like, dude, Nazareth, Nazareth is ghetto. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I love that statement. I used to just read it going, wow. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's in there for a reason. Because Jesus lived in Nazareth, but had no Nazareth values. But when you met Jesus, you couldn't tell that he was from Nazareth other than maybe his, his, his accent. But, but there was nothing about his, his values, his culture, his ethics. He, Nazareth didn't shape who he, was, who he was. Kingdom did. 
the word did that's why Jesus I've given them your word in the world I'm not asking you to take them out of the world that conflict that 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 daily assault by the spirit of the world is good because it'll sharpen the word in you he says I've given you the word and the word will help you discern what what you cherry pick from the world and what you reject from the world you are not of the world just as I am not of the world we are in the world but we are not of the world we can't become like the world when I was with uh, Pastor Mike and Lisa Kai in Inspire Church, e- even though Pastor Mike speaks brilliant Hawaiian, brah, brah, you know, he speaks brilliant Hawaiian, um, what I noticed about his church was his church was not, it, it, it was so excellent. It was, it was a world-class church. You could put that church anywhere. The excellence in the opening items, the excellence in the production, the excellence on the stage, the way the singers were dressed. Now, even though I think probably 90% of the stage was Hawaiian, Polynesian, Samoan, Tongan, even though that they were Pacific Islanders, the, 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 the spirit they operated in wasn't from where they came, but was from a culture that they had established in the church that was centric, that was word-centric around the kingdom. If we become like our city, we no longer reach our city. We, 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 you cannot become, you cannot think like your city, you cannot. I'm looking at the, the high-rises there in, in Waikiki, and I thought, you know, Waikiki without America coming in, you know, it would have still been very beautiful, but we'd be staying in a chalet or, or, or a hut. But because of the, the excellence of America coming in, the most stunning five-star hotels and resorts and restaurants and pools and amenities because people that weren't like the place came in with a different value system. We have a greater value system than even the United States. We have the value system of the kingdom of God. When people walk into the doors, they should have an encounter with the word and the word transforms. The word transforms. In, in Galatians 1, to 24, the apostle Paul talks about how when I came to, to Galatia, the, the, the people, that they, they, they didn't know me personally, but they knew my past. They knew that I was a persecutor of the church, and they knew that I was like zealous for destroying the church. He says, but, but then they, they began to hear that the man who once persecuted and destroyed the church, he's now the greatest proponent and greatest preacher of the church. And they saw the transformation. Transformation is the signature of the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, you know, we get persecuted, and I double down on it all the time because I love it. Because people ha- mock uh, awakened church. Everybody at awakened church is flourishing. They're, they're buying fat homes. Dr. Matt drives a really nice car. And, you know, they're, they're, they're all good looking. They're all handsome. They're always smiling. In fact, if I was honest with you, they look like they're having too much fun. Marco Contreras' wife was out with her friends. And they were, they were dancing and smiling. Is that even allowed? Why are they not miserable like everybody? It's, it's because the word that they have overcomes the world. The word that they have is greater. We can't be like the world. You, you probably heard, and I, I shared it a, a few weeks ago, but it's worth just repeating. When we're flying into Sydney from New Zealand, the craziest, and I always know when God speaks because it's so left field. And, and I heard as clear as I've ever heard God speak, he says, Yurts, when you get to Sydney, 
don't become like Sydney. And I was so excited to leave Manukau, Sydney, Manukau City and get to Sydney. I was so excited because Sydney just, the, the thinking is bigger. The city is, is stunning. And I was so excited to get to Sydney. And God was saying, hey, Sydney may be a wonderful jump from, from but don't, don't rest. Don't lower your, don't, when you get to Sydney, don't become like Sydney. Your, your, your assignment in Sydney is not be, to become like, if you become like the people you're reaching, how are you going to reach them? You've got to be like the kingdom. And the way that you are like the kingdom is you carry the seed of the kingdom. You carry the DNA of the kingdom. You carry the logos, the logos, the, the logo. You know, people spend a lot of money marketing, developing a logo. Logo means logos, logos, word. You and I carry the word. If I plant an orange seed, it has the logo, logos. It has the, the code, the word, to produce oranges. If I plant an apple seed, it has the logos to produce apples. If I pre preach the word, in the beginning was the word, the logos. If I, plant, if I preach the word of God, it produces the kingdom of God. I can tell I can tell how much word is in somebody by the level of kingdom in that person. The kingdom always triumphs. The kingdom always wins. The Apostle Paul says the kingdom is more than just words. It's one of power. It's one of power. We preach a power gospel. Somebody say amen. amen. Second thing that, well, third thing that, that I saw when, uh, when I was away was I really saw for the, the need for courage. I think it was on, on the first night. The first night, Pastor Sammy Rodriguez preached, and he preached the house down, the worship, the opener, the house. It was just incredible. And I remember uh, Pastor Mike Kai got up, and it, he was very, very emotionally moved. And he talked about how they had not had their Inspire Conference for two years because he was duped into compliance with the, with the city. The, the city knew he was a big influence, so they pulled him in and they kind of exaggerated all, all the things that we now found out the CDC was lying about. And so he, he complied and shut down and locked down and the devastation that brought to the church and the devastation it brought to the people and the depression and anxiety and hopelessness and addiction and divorce and everything, that, that the devastation. But I remember him standing on the stage and he goes, we're back. We're back. And the, pl um, the place s stood and cheered. It felt like 10 minutes. It was probably only maybe 30 or 45 seconds. But you know, there's a, there's a cheer that maybe lasts like five to seven seconds. And then, it, you know, and that was a, the right cheer. Like it kept going and going and going and going and going. You could see the people were, the, 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 there, was a, there was an excitement that people were coming out of the winter they were coming out of the caves. They were coming out of the strongholds. They were coming out of the darkness. They were coming out of hopelessness. They were coming out of depression. And, uh, and he, he said he felt, he put the whole conference on within six weeks. Apparently six weeks ago, he invited me to, to, to come and, and speak at it because he said he wanted somebody with courage to come and speak. So he looked for two people, me and Samuel Rodriguez, because he said, you're the two strongest voices speaking into into you know all the arenas and he goes and that's what i need and so he just talked about courage you know god spoke to me in 2020 pastor jesse about courage and he said that when courage rises in men god moves in power when courage rises in men god moves in power 
you know, God could have said to Joshua, Joshua, watch what I'm about to do. You just sit here. I've made you a little bench. What do you think? You like it? Well, Gabriel designed it. I just, but anyway, sit there while I go and wipe out all the all the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. I'm going to wipe them all out, and then I'm going to lead you across. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to. No, no. He said to Joshua, "I want you to be strong, and I want you to be courageous, because you're going to lead them across the Jordan. You're going to lead them into the Promised Land, and you're going to sack cities, and you're going to take down Jericho, and you're going to take down Ai, and you're going to take down Jebus, and you're going to take down stronghold after stronghold. You're going to drive out. You're going to drive out the Anakim. You're going to drive out the 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 the, the Hivites and the Perizzites. You're going to drive them out of the land. The Canaanites." They're, they're right now dwelling in fortified compounds, but you're going to drive them out. And you guys are going to eat from, from vineyards and, and orchards you didn't plant. You're going to drink from cisterns you didn't dig from wells that they discovered. And they, you're going to live in houses you did not build. He says, but you're going to drive them out. I just need you to be strong and courageous. The level of strength and courage in Joshua was directly proportionate to the level and of power that God moved. The church is not meant to be cowardice. If we, pro- if we produce cowards, we're missing the DNA of the Word of God. The Word should never put discouragement. The Word should always put encourage. Encourage means to put courage in. If, if we're not putting courage in our people, I was so grateful, so grateful to have the opportunity to, to like, how often do you get to rebel and you're still blessed? I love giving the bird to the city. I love saying, read between the lines. I love saying, tell them they can blow it out their shorts. I love, I loved encouraging businesses to stay open. I loved encouraging businesses to, to, to reopen, to, to reopen inside. Everywhere Leanne and I went, we went, we told people, just open. It's stupid. Are you kidding? We had COVID. Man, just take ivermectin, take hydroxychloroquine. You don't even need it. I didn't even take either of those. I took oregano oil and kicked its ass. I don't need to. It's amazing what happens in courage. And they, they hated us because we're infecting. Courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. I still remember, you know, one of our beautiful, beautiful gym owners from Oceanside was arrested for the third time for being open and was so discouraged. Felt so depressed. He said he felt, for the first time in his life, felt suicidal. Felt like it's all too much. And then his wife called him and said, look, look, you're not the only one. And on the news was, Awaken Church, the super spreaders. <laughs> Mike Yeager, super spreader, the plague rat. John and Becky on there and church defies county orders. They're not social distancing. They're, we didn't see anyone wearing a mask. <laughs> now we realize masks didn't even, don't even work, even though you still see people. You still see people. It's like, man, oh, dear goodness. I don't want to judge them. I don't want to judge them, but I, I judge every one of them. <laughs> and I try not to. I'm like, don't. And my head says stupid things like, you can't fix stupid. I'm like, stop it. You're not helping. I don't want to judge these people sitting in their cars by themselves with a mask on. Courage. Another one not of this world, 
When we're not of this world, Jesus says, I, I, I gave them your word and the world has hated you because of it. I remember years ago, I would always hear, you know, and it's, it, there's, there's a truth to it. So I'm not trying to, you know, that you can't lead people where you've never been yourself. And so I'm like, yeah, that's right. And then the Holy Ghost says, well, that's not really your experience, is it? I'm like, well, not really. You know, because my whole life has been, I've had to lead where I've never been. Like even now, we've got a, I've never had a 14-year-old daughter. And it's, it's, it's a different dynamic. Like, like I used to love going to her, her, you know, games when she played soccer. And even when she first started volleyball, I was there and I was cheering and encouraging and she got great. Yesterday, we go to her volleyball game and she's like, oh, please, don't be here. You make me nervous. And I'm with all my friends because now peer and performance around peer. And so Leanne and I had to kind of leave the stands. <laughs> and, you know, it was... Trust me, I'm going to. And then we tried to sneak around the side to see if we could look in the windows. And then we we're like the retards looking in the windows. <laughs> You're distracting. What? Oh, okay. Zoe, your mom and I. And it was so embarrassing. How, how do you lead 16 campuses? How how, how do you lead? I didn't know how to lead my eldest son when he turned 14 because my dad ran away at 14. And then at 14, there was a disconnection from me. So now I'm in uncharted waters. And, but it's the word. The word, the word isn't, the, the word is prophetic. The word is three-dimensional. The word is past, present, and future. It's all three. The word will give you wisdom. If you lean into the word, not the world. If you lean into the word, the word will give you prophetic. It'll give you insight. It'll give you insight. They'll be, the economists will be saying this about the market, and they'll be saying that about food shortages, and they'll be saying this about that and this about that. But the Word will give you, it'll give you, it carries its own peace. It carries its own power. It carries insight. Psalm 119, 139 says, Thy Word, is, oh, sorry, 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your paths. So a light unto your path means it illuminates forward. It'll show you where you're at right now, but it'll also be a light unto your path. It, the Word will help you. I can't tell you how many times I did not know where to go. And all the pressure is, Pastor, should we? The city is saying this, and this is going on, and that, and, this, and all of those things. And all I knew to do was just to retreat to the Word. And the Word located where I'm at. Now, where you're standing, you're standing in the right spot. It's a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. Or a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And I began to see, aha, uh -huh, oh no, that's the, no, 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 no. They're trying to say that's not the way to go. No, that's where the light is shining. The light is shining. This is the way forward. This is the decision. This is what I need to do. Leadership is, is prophetic. The Word will always make you prophetic. Uh, how are we going on time? All right, one, one more real quick one is um, relationships. We, we were coming out of 2020, 2021, 2022, probably the last six months. It was, it was really interesting because the last time I was in Hawaii, we were, we were there for the thousand plus, and that was right on the, 
the, the tail end of, of, you know, us leaving the C3 movement after 20 years. And, you know, there, there was, uh, you know, an emotional toll and a loss and a grief and a processing that went, went with that. And, you know, with all of that, you, you, you re-question. And I just happened to, to be there. And I, you know, habits are good things if they're good habits. And one of my habits is coffee and Bible. It's just, I can't, I feel, I feel like my equilibrium, I feel like I'm discombobulated if I haven't started the day with Bible and then coffee. And then after that, I can do everything else. And so I'm walking to Kai Coffee, um, but it was, it was like another, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to pull in here at the Moana Surf Rider and I pull in, not realizing that all the C3 guys were staying there. So I order my coffee and then, oh my gosh, Pastor Gears. And, you know, and so, you know, it, it, was, it was kind of a really good connect. It was good to kind of reconnect. And, but I just thought it was really interesting. Wow, you know, two years ago, we just happened to be here. And I thought, you know, movements can come and go and denominations can come and go. But, but relationship is everything. Sitting with, with, with Mike and Lisa uh, in, a, in an Italian restaurant and, uh, you know, having an Aperol spritz and ordering uh, a Caprese and... Um, just, just sitting there and them just guards are down and we're just talking about life and talking about kids and talking about marriage and talking about kingdom and kingdom values. And I thought, my God, like you can climb to the top of the mountain and you can stand up and say, I'm the king, beat your chest, I'm the conqueror, I just conquered Everest. I said, I just can't, oh, I'm going to have to Instagram because... And maybe then someone will like it and say, wow, you're, I'm in a beautiful hotel room by myself, looking out on beaches that, you know, Leanne and I would walk on, you know, swim with our kids. And I thought, wow, you know, you can be in the most beautiful place, but if you're not with people that you love. And then it just began to, just began to reflect on some of the relationships that, that, that we lost. People that seemed to be our friends for years that, just over this, some of the stupidest things. And I thought, wow, relationship. I, I'm really glad at, a, at Awakened Church we don't do religion. We do relationship. We do relationships. So we do friendships. The friendship is everything. If you can't look to your left and look to your right and identify friends, it, you, you know, it, it, you're very poor. You know, we, the world tells us that wealth is substance, it's stuff, it's things, it's materials, it's possessions. But I would actually say to you that, that the, the richest people is the person who has the most friends, most friends. If, if, if we're all just, you know, on mission and, you know, we, we were with, with, with some people that, you know, kingdom people, like even, even, a, even a, a, a building that, that is coming to us in the name of Jesus, a in San Diego, beautiful, beautiful ministry, powerful ministry, packed stadiums, like extraordinary mi miracles, blind seeing, deaf hearing, people coming out of wheelchairs, people with crutches that were crippled, leaving the crutches being healed. And yet they never allowed the word that went out to go in and heal a, a wound from, from rejection growing up in an orphanage so that they had a family, but the family was so fractured and broken that, that 
all that's left is what they built. And there's the relationships are all superficial. I thought, oh, man, I don't want that. I don't want friendship is having friends, friends to laugh with. That's why when, uh, when I saw the, uh, you know, the post on, on beautiful uh, Natalie and some of her friends just going out and people like, they're drinking an alcoholic beverage and they're dancing, not to mention smiling. And I'm like, God love them, good on them, good on them, good on them. Come on, stand to your feet, we're over time already. Not of this world, we are not of this world. And no to apologize, the world's going to hate you. The world, yeah, they hate you anyway. They hate you because of the word. Don't try and fit in with the world. That's called wokeness. Wokeness is let's so dilute the word that hopefully the world will accept us. The world's never going to accept you. The biggest mistake that I watched over 2020 was that people who thought, oh, I'm a mega church. You know what? (laughs) You're just controversial. I'm a mega church. You watch this. We've already kind of lowered the bar so low. I'm going to go all the way down. I'm going to apologize to the world. And then they'll embrace me and we'll be like BFFs. Only to find that the dumbest thing that they did was apologize to the world. The world hates you because of me. Doesn't hate you because the name awakened. Doesn't hate you because... It hates you because you're associated to him. So with two options. One, you can fit in the world with the world, but you've got to reject him. And that may work for 75, 80 years here. But I guarantee you in 1,000 years' time, you'll... Oh! But because the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. So therefore, friendship with God must be enmity with the world. So don't try to fit in. Now, you are a blessing. You are a shining light in the world. What what was really incredible, um, and it was in my notes and I missed it, was that the hunger for the Word of God, the hunger for the Word of God. Twice, I ran out of time, and they kept putting more time on because people were like, no, keep going, no, keep going. The hunger for the Word of God. People want the Word. They don't want woke. They won't, don't want diluted. They want, what, what does the word say? Preach to us the word. Tell us his word. The Bible says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be chief amongst all the mountains. And all the nations will pour into it, saying to one another, come, let us go up to the house of God. And let us hear and let us be taught the word of God. Come on, let's lift our hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God for your word that helps us discern the spirit of the world to the spirit of God. Father, we are not of the world. We are of the word. We carry your word in this world. Because we carry your word in this world, we are like Jesus, where we see miracles, we see demons driven out, we see infirmities and sicknesses absolutely healed. We see barren wombs become fruitful and fertile soil. We see transformation. We see breakthrough. We experience blessing and prosperity and abundance. Father, we have great friendships and relationships because of your word. Father, today we honor your word. Jesus, we draw near to you again. We say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you welcome Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.